The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Nerds, discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Get ready for your spring sci-fi celebrations, including First Contact Day and May the 4th with Toink exclusives that are out of this world. Use code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off of your order. To another episode of Wookie Radio. I had to think for a second. Why? I don't know. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself. Mike, how are you guys doing? Hello, hello. All right. <laughs> Interesting week. Yeah. Yeah, just between Lego Star Wars coming out, some celebration announcements. Um, Ken, you, you were saying you started playing the new Lego game. How yeah. is it? It was. It's interesting. The um, the way you travel in the uh, on the hub screen, basically, because each uh, it's different because when you first start the game, you actually get to choose between either um, episode one, four, or seven. All those three are unlocked. Okay. And there's like a um, a turnstile that actually has all nine movies on it. So um, it, I'm assuming you f- finish. Um, the Phantom Menace and it opens up Attack of the Clones op- then it opened up um, Revenge of the Sith gotcha. and then the same for the other two trilogies but um, when you get in the hub screen which um, basically gets to all the missions and stuff it actually reminds me similar to the way the Lord of the Rings game was Okay. where the Lord of the Rings had one big map with all the different missions on it you just had to go to the missions to find them gotcha. now, there's so, been a- and it, the one big difference that I've never seen in a Lego game because one thing I've um, one of the few things I've had problems with in Lego games is when you're playing two player, you have to make sure you guys stay close enough together. Because if you get too far apart, um, you can't do anything because uh, you're all on one screen. Right. This, if you play two player, it's split screen. Uh, I want to say that happens in um, the Lego Harry Potter. I'm not positive. Uh, not the one I played. We we have 
both of them. I want to say I have the original one for the Xbox 360, so I don't know. I thought it split screened. I guess it split screens if you separate from each other. Yeah. But you can't advance out of that scene unless you're both together. So one See, this one, once you get to the um, well, this if you get to one of the mission locations and you're ready to go into the mission, it gives the option for both players to be able to activate into the mission. Okay. No matter where the second player is. Okay. Now, does We're it- still trying to get used to the different controls and things, so... Also, the interesting, when you're shooting with blasters, you actually, um, for the Xbox, you hold the left trigger down in aim, and then right trigger fires. So you can actually aim shots at, instead of just randomly shooting it like you usually do in Star Wars games. Right. Or Lego. Oh, yeah. And you do have, um, we've seen in the screens beforehand, you have your life bar above your head. Your opponents, when you're shooting them, have life bars. So, I mean, so we've only played one or two missions in it. Okay. Hmm? When you when you aim and shoot, is it does a uh, an aiming reticle come up or yeah yeah it, you can aim and it's interesting because you it drifts too if you're firing multi shots it'll actually drift up oh no kidding like a lot of I think a lot of the first person shooters and stuff do that just because the recoil on the gun right but you can't it's it, to keep it on target you had to actually actively keep it on target okay. on target. So, like I said, we've only played like two of the missions in the main screen. I mean, we've got to the point where um, uh, we played the um, initial Jakku mission, which is with um, Poe landing on the planet. We got so was, then we got Ray and BB-8 running around. And we're at the point where we're ready to jump on the Millennium Falcon. We've obviously not got everything anywhere near everything that's in there. Right, right. But that's the point of the movie we're at. Oh, cool. Now we know there's been a lot of people who put codes out of like the different holiday characters, the the ITS resistance ship, uh the Raven oh. the Razor, the Razor Crest, all that. How those up. How, I was gonna say how hard is it to get to the section where you add the codes? I don't know. I've not I've not looked at it. I I believe it's probably right in the main menu screen okay. once you're in game. Okay. When you get into the game and you actually bring up um, basically a map screen, there is all kinds of options. Um, it looks like you actually level up skills like you would in an um, action role-playing game. Right. Whereas you get kyber bricks, you actually can put that into different skills to get your uh, different things to work better. Okay. Ah, okay. Because in this, I believe the kyber brick, you remember the older uh, Lego Star Wars games, you had the red bricks you'd collect? That would right. open up uh, basic cheats and things. And this, you get kyber bricks, which are um, like blue glowies, like a uh, force ghost of Lego bricks. Okay. <laughs> and as you get those, it takes a certain amount of kyber bricks and um, coin to actually unlock different things. Gotcha. And different skills and such. Gotcha. But like I said, we've only played like an hour total. So, and we were goofing off for most of that time. <laughs> It is annoying. Two-player, when you first start, you're stuck with uh, Poe and BB-8. And BB-8 doesn't have nearly the amount of skills and things, the cool stuff to be able to do as Poe does. Because Poe has the um, uh, really? has a blaster. BB-8 basically just runs around um, headbutting things and stuff. <laughs> and he's got his little zapper, but that doesn't do a is, whole lot. Is there still, like, areas that you can't get to until you have different characters? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Once you get to the point where you're actually um, freely checking out the mad, the hub screen, then you can actually find um, different things where you can't do it, but there's like a little picture beside it showing what ta- what it takes to do this. Ah, interesting. Uh, one thing I did find when you're in missions, you can actually um, 
pick up costumes basically of the, of other characters. Like you walk around, you'll see the the feet from a stormtrooper. Then you can find the torso somewhere else and a helmet. But when you get all three, you actually have all the stormtrooper abilities. <laughs> we were on the star destroyer uh, where Poe and Finn escape, and I was able to flip or find the parts to become a uh, Tie Fighter pilot. So. That's a little different. Instead of just putting a helmet on, like the older games, you put the helmet on and all everything would recognize you as whatever that character is. This one, you actually find all the parts right. of the costume. Well, that's cool. So do you have and to I, get them all before you can use the costume? Well, you can wear it the whole time, but I don't think you get the other abilities until you get all three parts. And they're all three usually right there together somewhere. You just got to look around. Mm. So I'm not an expert gamer on any of this stuff, but we've had fun so far. I know um, Vicky was Poe didn't have a whole lot of the combo things they were talking about much, but it looks like BB-8 actually it was giving her ideas on stuff she could do. They actually chain stuff together. Okay, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But it didn't look like it was super complicated stuff. Also, with this one, um, the more uh, more enemies you defeat in a row uh, for a certain amount of time, you actually each one goes onto a uh, meter that you'll actually. Uh, double or triple damage depending on how many you kill all at once. Okay. I don't know how long that meter runs, but for the certain, say 30 seconds or so, as long as you keep killing within like five to 10 seconds on another, you, it adds another tick onto the box until you get to the top and then it restarts the meter and you go to the next level. Hmm. So it looks like they've added a lot of stuff from a lot of different games in this. Very cool. Things that people liked. So it's, it's one of those they have made with this game, the ultimate ideal Lego game. That's what everybody keeps saying. <laughs> it look, but the feel of this, because of how far we've gotten in the l- little bit of time we played, this is going to be a really long game to play. Yeah. Good. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like this may be the first one of the Lego games that goes 70 or 80 hours. Ooh. I don't know for sure. And I'm sure someone has already run it at this point already. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Half a minute. Yeah, I'd be curious to know what the uh, I don't know. It says what the um, time is. Yeah, let me see. One has it. How long does it take to beat Lego Star Wars Saga or Skywalker Saga for the ad? If you're looking strictly to beat the main story and not worry about any of the side quests or anything like that, twenty to thirty-five hours. However, if you're eager to collect the, all the data cards, Kyber bricks, and other collectibles within the game. Then you, these people can see that it stretch out to 40 to 70 hours, depending on how much you're doing. OK, well, but if you're speed running it, <laughs> I guess 20 to 35 hours is um, where you're looking at. But for a Lego game, that's huge. Yeah, it is. It says there's over 300 playable characters if you unlock them all. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I just got to sit down and play. Just have any time. Uh-huh. I just have not had time. Mm. So. As Derek was saying, he hasn't even gotten it yet. We were debating on whether or not to get it. It It was one of those that we both got overtime in the same week. We're like, we can splurge a little. Yeah. 70 bucks is a lot of money for um, to pay for a game. Especially since usually I buy mine a year or two old. So they're like 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I think for PC, I paid 60. Well, I just saw a thing on here that I guess if people buying the physical game are having a hard time getting it. Yeah, and a lot of people Especially are having... Especially the Deluxe Edition. The Deluxe Edition is going for a premium. And a lot of people, oh, yeah. when they got the got their uh, premium, got their uh, Deluxe Edition, they were having problems getting their, uh, whatchamacallit, oh, their all the extra figure. Stuff? Yeah, because it's ah. a physical copy 
was supposed to come with Luke with Bill Blue Milk, and he has a Blue Milk mustache on his bed. What, in-game? No, the actual Lego minifig. Oh, okay. And it it's just... It was not packaged in with it, huh? Yeah. Some people don't know what's going on, whether stores are holding on to it, or it was never delivered, or what. Should have been all packaged together, and one, usually when you do something like that, it's all connected in the same box. Should be. Because any DVDs I've got that had the minifigs had that was like that. It was all in one box. Or it was like an overpack over the DVD or Blu-ray. All these are um, polybagged. Yeah, it should have been um, like a slipcase that goes over it that's has the minifig in it. Should be, but I don't think it was. I have a Snake Eyes like that from, I bought, I think it was season one of G.I. Joe. That, or no, it was the first G.I. Joe um, miniseries. And it actually came with Snake Eyes, the action figure. Hmm. I don't remember. I think it had Timber with it, too. Yeah, I have a couple of minifigs from different um, Lego movies I've gotten. I I leave them basically in the case, sitting on the shelf with the DVD or Blu-ray, usually. That's cool. Well, speaking of shows, um, Celebration right around the corner, Memorial Weekend. We're finally starting to get news. We are. So let's start off first with a couple panels that have been announced. Um, we have a Bad Batch panel coming. Uh, will be hosted by David Collins. That's cool that David Collins is going to be hosting different panels and stuff. Uh, he, he had used to do a show called Star Wars Oxygen. It was all about the music of Star yep. Wars. Well, he, that he, was an amazing show. He's been a host off and on over the years or over yeah. the different celebrations. Um, but he is going to be joined by executive producers Brad Rao and Jim Corbett who also serve as supervising director and head writer, respectively. Story editor, Matt Mishnodovitz. Mishnodovitz. Okay. I think. Uh, I actors, know. D. Bradley Baker and Michelle Eng to discuss highlights from the first season, as well as some hints of what's to come in season two. It's always funny to listen because of, because of the nature of this show, that you go with D. Bradley Baker and Michelle Eng. That's almost the entire cast. Yeah. Michelle Lang is Omega. Mm-hmm. Dee Bradley Baker is everybody else. Yeah. But the new female Imperial officers voiced by Shelby Young. Yeah. I'm surprised she's not there because Shelby Young also does uh, Princess Leia for like the Lego Star Wars saga and ah. uh, Forces of Destiny and Galaxies. And uh, she's, the, just, she's, uh, she's the animated voice for, for Leia. If, yeah. she They just may not have um, announced her yet. Could be. Uh, and then another panel, uh, Favreau and Filoni are coming to talk Mandalorian at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, try to get into this panel. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be the uh, big panel. Since this is on Saturday, this is going to be the top of the day panel Saturday morning. Possibly. This is, this is going to be a lottery panel. This is going to be the panel where everybody in the room is going to see it, plus anybody out on the floor is going to see it on the big screens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bad Batch may be the same way. I'm not sure. This sounds like it's going to be a, uh, this is going to be a lottery panel. Uh, Favreau and Filoni will make their first celebration appearance since the premiere of the Disney Plus series. Panel called Mando Plus, a conversation with John Favreau and Dave Filoni, will take place Saturday, May 28th. And will feature the duo along with special guests to look, take a, for a look back and a look ahead at what's to come. Now, before we get into the guests. Special guests, does that mean Grogu's going to be there with them? Uh, quite maybe. That would be cool. Um, all right. I know a lot of parts of Grogu are mechanical. They may have actually done a full animatronic Grogu that's um, totally remote controlled. Right. Mm. Similar to the way they had Dio and BB-8 on stage. 
Right. <sighs> well, they could put him in his pram and just, you know, there, there operate is, him in there. There is no yeah. programming listed on the site. No, the site doesn't have any. They just, the, the biggest thing they have is they have the guest list. Yeah. Which is pretty extensive already. I, I think it's funny. We're sitting here talking about Grogu and, and BB-8 and whatnot. Uh, I'm on a Facebook page called um, Reverse Engineering the Galactic Star Cruiser, and they're asking about SK-620, how he's controlled. Yeah. And I'm doing my best to go, y'all are so warm, but so cold. <laughs> but I, I just, I know how it's done. I know how SK operates. I'm not saying. You, don't say anything at all, because you've not told us anything about how he's running, but I'm, I would assume it's um, he's got onboard cameras and it's remote controlled. But like I said, you don't you can't say anything at all. So don't tell me one no. way or the other. You've not told us, but that's what I would assume. It's somehow it's remote controlled and it's with onboard cameras and stuff. And there's someone in a control room somewhere, basically controlling him as you, like you would any of the on um, on camera droids. So nope. Don't say don't say anything. Just move on. Nope, nope. <laughs> well, they, they keep talking about. Well, then they're sitting there creating a a photo list of all the different actors who who play the different roles. I'm like. Why? Why do you want to know who all is in the role? It, it, it's it's people being so fanatical they, that they want they're, they're destroying the magic. Yeah. Are they like assuming that the um, that Disney has actually created an AI program so the droid is fully autonomous? Yes, that's being talked about. They're thinking they basically took Alexa and um, decided to upgrade it <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Imagine that Alexa built into a droid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have mm-hmm. gone as far as saying the technology of a Roomba. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Except it's able to still interact with, with people. Mm-hmm. But movement wise, it's like a Roomba. Like y'all are so close, but so far away. Yeah. And, and it's just crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Yeah. Y'all, yeah did, we don't have AI yet that are that advanced. If y'all, if y'all want to have fun, go join this group on, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's called reverse engineering galactic star cruiser. I mean, uh, if the AI was that advanced, I'm sure Disney would be one of the first places to have it, but I don't think they have, they're that far yet. I mean, Boston dynamics may have helped them build the droids, but I don't think they went that far with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know who helped. I don't know who made the droids. Yeah. But I'm sure if you kick him over on his side, he doesn't climb up on his own. No. Stand up. No. Yeah. He doesn't. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. I, I kind of feel sorry for some. Have you guys, guys watched the videos from Dawson Dynamics of them testing these robots and yes. stuff? Yes. <laughs> yes. They just beat the tar out of these things, or they have the tactical ones where they're shooting them and everything else. And it is like, you, yeah. you almost feel bad for the droids by the way they react, especially the ones that go through the tactical courses. Where a dude swipes a shotgun from him, shoots him, hands it back to a fully loaded one, and then can't fight back at all because it's programmed to not do that. <laughs> See, and by doing that, that's what leads to the robot revolution. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't, don't they realize they're building Skynet right now? Yeah. Eventually, the, the robots are going to flip their lid and go, yeah, no. They'll finally throw the. Luckily, um, they're the, not that advanced. Yeah, they'll throw the rules of robotics out the window and decide the only way to save humanity is to destroy it. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or destroy those that want to destroy them. Mm -hmm. So, um, so back to celebration. (laughs) So, Ken, why don't you go through the the different guests that we have coming to celebration so far? Oh, yeah, they've announced a whole lot of them. Like, we've got, what, 
almost 20 main guests already for autographs of food. These just for autographs of photo ops. That means they're probably gonna be in panels and stuff also, but um, there's some that are mainstays. You're always going to be there. Like uh, Anthony Daniels is there. Daniel Logan's going to be there. Ashley Eckstein's there. These are, those are ones that are everywhere. They are available, but um, there's a couple of them that are going to be gets for people too. Um, Amy Allen's going to be there. Who is Ayla Sakura. Uh, Casey Jones, a new, new to star Wars. He plays Chrysanthemum. Yes, we got Carl Weathers, mm. which a lot of people probably were, may be looking to get Carl Weathers, not just for Grief Karga. Uh, apparently, oh, yeah, I'm sure. And apparently, with Carl Weathers, he will only sign photos. He will not oh, okay. sign anything 3D. So no boxing gloves, no pops, no action figures, nothing. Huh. Just well, a lot of these. Also, it says on here what they'll sign, or, or it says um, what they're there for, and then how many days. Some of them just say to be determined. His is to be determined. They don't know when he's going to be there or what he's doing. But yeah, I just know uh, it was talked about. Um, people went to get their tickets for him, and it came back saying only flats, no 3D. No that sucks. Figures, no figures, no pops, no nothing. It's like okay, that slows down. It probably also slows down the secondary market for people just trying to upsell their merch. Mm. I think that's what a lot of it is because yeah. you know they yeah. could do Rocky, they could do Predator, they could do so much more with him. Mm-hmm. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. You know. Well, we've also got. Um, I said I mentioned Daniel Logan before, but we have another Boba Fett. We have Dickie Beer is going to be there. He was one of the Boba Fetts from Return of the Jedi, one of the stunt Boba Fetts. Yep. Uh, friend of the show, em- Emily Swallow is going to be there. The Armorer. Yeah. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito and Ian McDermott will be able both be there. Jet Lucas is going to show going to be there. This would be his first appearance as a guest. Okay, I know. Uh, he, we, I know he's yep. been a, at Celebration. You know, back when his dad owned the company. Yeah, that's, that's George Lucas's son. Yeah, he he's the Jedi that gets killed coming out of, uh, or he's the Padawan that gets killed by five hundred first when um, what's his name? Uh, Anakin. No, Bell Organa shows up. Ah, so well, Chewbacca himself, Jonas Tuatomo is going to be there. Uh, Katie Sackhoff's going to be there. We got um, Ewoks. Kevin Thomas is going to be there. Friend of the show. Remember, we had him on the show. Oh, yeah, we did. Yep. Um, this one, I'm not sure the character. Uh, Margot Epistolos. She was um, Tokat. I'm not sure who that one was. One of the Ewoks. Oh, okay. Um, Michelle Ong, which we already knew she was going to be there. Omid Abti, the Dr. Pershing. Tim Rose, so Admiral Akbar will be there, and Orly Shoshin, who played Shock T. So that's all the uh, celebrity or the quote unquote celebrity guests that are be there just for signing, and um, those are the ones that are that says they're there for autographs and photo ops. Tokat. Then they have the next list is their featured one, huh? Tokat is the Ewok with the dark green hood. Ah, okay. Next one is more behind the scenes and authors. They had a featured guest. Kevin Scott will be there. Yep. Charles Soule's going to be there. Claudia Gray's going to be there. All uh, authors. I believe we have interviewed. Well, I interviewed Kevin because y'all weren't available. Mm-hmm. Um, we've interviewed Claudia. Thank you guys had Charles Soule over on uh, Mighty, Mighty Marvel Geeks. Yep. But we've also got um, other authors, Daniel Jose Alder and Justine Ireland. Yep. Which I'd love to get and Justine then, on. Oh, yeah. And then. And Star Wars behind the scenes and fan royalty, uh, Doug Chang. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you can't have celebration without Steve Sansweet. Right. You're not allowed to have a celebration if he doesn't show up. That's the, <laughs> that's the, the, that's the rules. Those were carved in stone when they started celebration. 
Yep. But and then um, under stage host, they have Amy Ratcliffe and Friend Dan Zier. Yeah. Dan Zier. I'm not, I don't know him. I don't know him so, either. Amy Ratcliffe. We, uh, we know. Uh, so that's the list they have right now that's been announced. Hey, according to his bio, Dan Zier is one of the most recognized and respected personalities in the Star Wars fandom. His ability to blend critical thinking and intellectual honesty with a sense of humor has served him as host and brand director of the popular podcast Coffee with Kenobi. Ah, okay. He's also a longtime contributor to StarWars.com as the co-author of three Star Wars books. Star Wars book, the Star Wars character encyclopedia, and Star Wars I'm Your Father Lessons for Parents, Protectors, and Mentors. So, and the encyclopedia is the one I, one of the ones few that I don't have. So I'm looking at my my rack of books over here. I need that one still. I'm curious if with uh, Amy, if they list her, uh, yes, the Jedi mind, her her yoga book or yes. the Star Wars yoga book as we called it. Which I love that book. It's a great book. Mm-hmm. I do want to get well, some. It's not yoga. That one. No, this one's a um, the meditation book. Yes. Yeah. That's what I meant. It's a great book. I absolutely love that book. I have used it quite often. So it's worth picking up. Like I said then, and I still say yeah. it now, it is worth picking up. So um, going back to Lego Star Wars real quick, uh, the Skywalker saga features an encounter with a terrifying droid. Okay, I didn't get that far. Um, apparently, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga features a number of obscure references and in-jokes bringing in elements that many players may not be familiar with. One of the strangest of these is an appearance by Nobot, a protocol droid that briefly appeared in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Nobot provides the Star Wars saga with a strange and uncomfortable moment when players encounter it, seemingly, seemingly disappearing into thin air. If the player pursues the droid, the camera pans in on its face as tension-inducing music begins to play. The whole thing's pretty spooky. Hmm. So naturally, the encounter has led a lot of players wondering what the heck is going on. Well, it seems that Nobot's origins can be traced to a strange piece of expanded universe lore from the Star Wars fan club, Hyperspace. According to Wikipedia, Hyperspace used to solicit fan-created stories about obscure background characters. Winners had their entries shared on the site, making them official canon if selected. A story written by Sean Flattery provided the background for Nobot, and it quickly became one of the site's most memorable tales. In the story, Nobot would always find his way back to Mos Espa, no matter what happened to it. The droid could be seen aimlessly exploring the area. Ghost stories surrounding the droid claim that Nobot witnessed the murder of a pregnant woman and was known to play back the audio recording of her death. This prompted even more elaborate stories stating that Nobot was the culprit. Go ahead, Derek. I was just saying, okay. Um, when Disney purchased the Star Wars franchise, expanding the universe content was removed from the official Star Wars canon. However, Nobot's creepy story lives on thanks to TT Games. This, and the magic that is Lego canon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one I would love to see this character potentially make his way into uh, maybe Obi-Wan or make his way into Mandalorian Season 3. And brought into canon. Well, he's just—he's a general protocol droid, so it's not like he wouldn't have already been in the behind the scenes. You just give someone that name, you know? Right. But how entertaining would it be if he—he he becomes a more relevant behind the or background character, where you hear him playing or see him playing this video? I love yeah. they put that part into it, though. I don't know. It could be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the Mandalorian season three, uh, there's a release window 
reportedly revealed. Um, according to Giancarlo Esposito, um, fans won't have to wait until late 22 to see the ongoing adventures of Din Djarin and Grogu. Uh, during a recent appearance promoting the sixth and final season of Better Call Saul on the Rich Eisen show, Esposito teased a mid-2022 return date for season three. Because you'll get it soon. You'll get it soon. I got a little few things to do in regards to that to put some finishing touches on what I do. But I believe it will be sometime this summer. No date, no date set yet, but coming soon. So do you think we're going to get this before we get Andor? Even though supposedly Andor is supposed to be slated to come out before? I don't know. I don't think so. I think um, he. this may be his guess. I don't think they're going to tell him specifically, hey, this is when it's coming out. Yeah. Especially if he's still got a couple things to record for it. Now, Mandalorian makers Favreau and Filoni will discuss the future of the series during their panel, like we talked about earlier, on May 28th. Um, That's when we get the release date. I I think that's when we'll get the official release date. We'll probably get the first season trailer to also at least. Uh, Filming has recently wrapped on the new season. Now, Disney and Lucasfilm will release the six-part limited series Obi-Wan Kenobi on May 27th. Andor, Andor, the Rogue One prequel series, uh, is reportedly airing in August, but the studio has yet to announce a streaming date on Disney+. Plus. So I wonder... Yeah, we'll get the rest of the... um year uh the release dates at celebration we'll get bad batch so. we'll get andor we'll get um mandalorian well they're already saying bad, teases for what's next it's already been talked uh bad matches october november yeah so well then if the if Giancarlo's anywhere near close they may slip since obi-wan is only six weeks and we know hang on let me bring up the calendar yeah, we go from so it's basically five weeks. It really, and it we go, comes oh, out on twenty sixth or the twenty seventh. Which one was it? Twenty seventh, twenty seventh, twenty seventh of May. So that's two episodes. So we're going to go five weeks. So you go to June twenty fourth. Now, yep. if they wanted to do, um, Ms. well, Miss Marvel drops to, June eighth. Yeah, how long is Miss Marvel? Uh, six episodes. No, they will. They have done some overlap. Yeah, they're going to overlap here. going to overlap there, but they're not going to overlap Star Wars shows. No. So um, that's it takes us to the end of um, basically the end of June with Obi Wan. Uh, then if they stick with May or with Ju- with August for Andor, which they said here it was uh, slated for August, right? Supposedly. Supposedly, which they, would be I don't fine. Know how they're going to slide? How they would slide in um, Mandalorian before that? I don't think they can. I don't think they're no, going to. No, I think they're going to stick with the no um, because they've done so well with the um, November Mando schedule. I think that's where we're going to get it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be this fall. I could, I could see that happening. I think it's going to be near Christmas. Yeah, actually, I see. I think um, it would not be too early to say um, end of October first or end of October or first week of November. That way, it goes all the way through to Christmas. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, we could probably passed. How many episodes do we get for the first? couple seasons uh it was either eight or ten bring up disney plus real quick and double check season one was eight season two i, I believe was also, eight. was also eight yeah. yeah so we get um and this is do the chapters up through chapter 16 we'll probably get eight more so if they start it at um like first of november it takes you through the end of the year i mean give or take 
right that far okay so say they say in on um wednesday and they go like november um second that's the first wednesday of the month so that puts episode eight on the 21st or they bump it all the way to december because if i remember it wasn't season one that they released in december across the christmas holiday yeah. i don't remember exactly no season I one was either. like right around Halloween or right around thanksgiving okay so it depends on what other shows are filming and ready to go to after that. Because the ones that we know are filmed and ready to go, that's the last one at the moment. That doesn't mean they're not already yeah. filming other stuff, but we know the three live action that are ready to go for this year, and we got one animated that we know for sure is ready for this year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm thinking it, that's going to be mm-hmm. the last show of the year because Bad Batch will come in before that. And I don't think they're going to overlap the live action with animated. Probably not. Because you got to think, Marvel probably has another "What If" coming. We know they're working on a season two. I don't know. Wh- we don't know when it's coming. Unless um, I've not been paying attention enough, Mike. You guys might know over there a little bit closer. For what? For what if season two? I know they're working. Uh, I haven't heard it. There hasn't been an announced date yet. Okay. What other Marvel shows do we have other than Miss Marvel that we know are ready to go or are coming? Uh, She-Hulk. Oh yeah, She-Hulk is this year. Yeah. So. They'll have obviously they'll have some crossover because we have some crossover with Miss Marvel and um, Obi Wan, but yeah, but, but that's okay though. Yeah, like you said, you can have more than one show a week that you watch. <laughs> I mean, we we did get some crossover with Bad Batch and Mandalorian, if I remember right. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking Clone Wars, uh, season seven Clone Wars. Danny just started a calendar and just put whatever what dropped when yeah. on the calendar. Yeah, then we can go back and look. Well, when was this? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, to continue on, apparently in the comics, Princess Leia and Lady Kira will um, be joining forces. Ah. Um, now, I wonder if uh, Kira lets her know about her history with Han. See, I or does, she, does Leia already know? I'm far. I'm so far behind. I'm not sure if they, yeah. they know or not. Uh, Kira reemerged during the War of Bounty Hunters. Yeah, event. I'm not sure. As the new leader of Crimson Dawn, taking over control from the organization from Darth Maul. Um, she stole Han Solo's carbonite frozen body and attempted to auction it. Uh, Crimson Dawn is a criminal syndicate interested in filling its coffers with, via unscrupulous means. However, Kira started an ultimate goal. Stated ultimate goal is to use the chaos Crimson Dawn creates among the galaxy's underworld to destabilize the Galactic Empire's control and ultimately bring down Emperor Palpatine. Vader. While Leia is skeptical of Kira's intentions, she cannot deny that they do seem to share a common enemy. And in this era between Empire and Return, the Rebel Alliance needs all the help it can get, even if it comes from a group as shady as Crimson Dawn. Sure. So, uh, the well, they, they say here has reemerged during the War of the Bounty Hunters as the new leader of Crimson Dawn. Well, when does War of the Bounty Hunters take place? Between, um, right after Empire, Empire and yeah. So, so it's like reemerged. So who, if she is just now as the leader of Crimson Dawn, she didn't take over from, uh, oh, from Darth no. Maul right away. Because Darth Maul dies about halfway between episodes three and four. Right. You got another 10 years or 11, 12 years before you get to the War of the Bounty Hunters. But I, I think what they're saying is, and I had the first issue of Crimson Reign, and I don't, I haven't read it yet. But I believe she takes over as soon as word gets out that Maul is gone. She takes over right away. But I think I'm assuming she may be. It, she's quiet about it. Ah, taking over from behind the scenes. 
Yes. And then War Bounty Hunter, she comes out and says, all right, I'm the actual person behind Crimson Dawn. Okay. So, um, then to continue on, seven stories to explore after the book of Boba Fett. Hmm. Did we know there were stories we need to explore? Both StarWars.com says we do. Uh, Number one, The Empire Strikes Back. Huh. (laughs) Okay. That's interesting. (laughs) And then to continue, it's like, fine, you need to go back and look at the first two appearances of Boba Fett. Huh. Why would you need to do that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Number two, Return of the Jedi. Number three, Mm -hmm. Attack of the Clones. Number four, (laughs) The Clone Wars. And then for The Clone Wars, they they highlight season two episode Death Trap and the arc that follows that follows it showing Boba interacting with young clones using the fact that they share the same face to his advantage. He attempts to avenge his father. Uh, The episode shows him as a boy still waiting to be shaped by his experiences shifting between cold and merciful. Another touchstone episode is bounty, uh, which focuses on another character that includes Boba's highs and lows as a junior bounty hunter. Um, That's the one that has um, him and the whole crew of, uh, um, Cad Bane and all of them. Yeah, and Bosk and uh, Aura Singh, all that. Uh, Marvel's Star Wars Darth Vader, the first run. Um, what was appearances in the comics tied together his exploits in the film and television. Uh, set between the New Hope and the Empire Strikes Back. Shows him doing his job and doing it well. For the right price, he finds people and information. In this case, the name of the rebel pilot who destroyed the Death Star. The assignment gives him familiarity with Vader. He later displays in the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Number six, The Mandalorian, of course, making a full debut in season two's chapter 14, The, tra- the Tragedy. Um, we all know where it went from there. And then Marvel's Star Wars War the Bounty Hunters crossover event. Um, it's following the events of Empire Strikes Back as he fights off rivals that attempt to deliver the carbonite frozen Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt. Boba encounters both Leia and Kira further establishing his reputation as one of the most feared and and well-known bounty hunters in the galaxy, able to go toe-to-toe with the best. The series shows how Boba Fett delivers Solo to Jabba in return return the Jedi and how his growing growing popularity with the Empire adds to his arsenal. So, um, so yeah. So what do you guys think? It's all of the backstory for what we've already seen in uh, Boba Fett now. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, if you if you watched Bo- Book of Boba Fett and you haven't seen at least some of that stuff, then uh, you know <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Well, actually, there's a lot of people I um, that I've actually talked to that love Boba Fett or um, Mandalorian, love Boba Fett, but are very are not are only a little bit familiar with the actual movies. They may have seen them once or so, but they weren't huge Star Wars fans. But they're loving these shows, really, which is weird to me, but. <laughs> Very Just because weird. the shows have a different feel to them, I guess. Mm. But they miss out on so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like like we've talked about before, there's plenty of people that the original trilogy is the only Star Wars they they'll accept. Anything past there, they're mm. not worried about it. They're happy with the original trilogy, and that's it. Or the prequel trilogy, or you know. See, and that's a shame. All right. That's that's their call. I mean, I mean, it's their call. I respect that, but it's a shame. Yeah. It's, it's then a, you get the ones that every, anything. Um, the only Star Wars is what George Lucas made, so it's all pre, all the pre Disney visual stuff. Yeah, but they're they're discrediting the prequels, and he made the prequels. Well, no, obviously there's another section that it's uh, prequels, sequels, or uh, prequels, original trilogy, and uh, 
they really don't even worry about the Clone Wars or any of that stuff. Just the six movies. Yeah. There's all kinds of different levels of Star Wars fans, and we're all Star Wars fans. True. The problem I have is if they start um, bad mouthing and bashing on the rest actively because that you know it's like, dude, don't harsh on the fact that I like the rest of it. I mean, that's a that's my choice, not yours. Right. Right. They're not ruining anything. Everything that I liked before, like we, well, we, when they um, changed the canon, we even said is like, dude, all the original legend stuff that's now officially legends is still there. You can still go back and read it if you want. Right. I'm actually reading. Um, what is it? Um, Timothy Zahn's Smuggler book. I'm reading that right now, but and I'm not. What's call it? It's not canon anymore, but it's still there. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe it will become canon. Possibly. Because they are slowly bringing things canon. Some things, yeah. Some things. Mm-hmm. They have to change everything they bring in, though. They have to change a little bit just to make sure it fits in with the current look of Star Wars. Yeah. Just like um, Thrawn, the character of Thrawn and who he is is still there. His time and the events of Thrawn have drastically changed. And that's fine. But he's still Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes. And I'm okay with that since they brought yeah. him in. Was it uh, Quinlan Voss that they did that too? They actually yep. some of the events of who create what created Quinlan Voss was changed when they brought him into the Clone Wars, but he was still Quinlan Voss. Correct, correct. So, um, and then the last story I've got at the moment is who's Chrysanthemum? He's still in the still making the rounds. Um, this is coming from StarWars.com. Um, Big fuzzy walking carpet. Yeah, and this is a walking carpet that we know will rip your arms off. We've seen it. Uh, so behind the have to get him upset. So behind the scenes, uh, the Wookiee bounty hunter made his debut in Marvel's Star Wars Darth Vader number one, created by Karen Gillian and Salvador LaRocca. Uh, Santi, standing alongside Boba Fett, accept, accepted a job from none other than Darth Vader in his very first appearance. Uh, Gillian said, Vader's basically our Luke. I need to surround him with a cast, so I end up almost mirroring the main Star Wars cast. Aphra ends up taking sort of a Han, Hanish position, which we've talked about before, as she's actually like a Han meets Indiana Jones, combining Harrison's two big roles. Um, and obviously the droids are the droids. Chrysanthemum is Chewbacca. But at the same time, I was also thinking, they can't just be mirrors. They've got to be archetypes. Um Chrysanthemum eventually followed Afra to her own ongoing series in 2016, became part of her crew. But the Wookiee's intense backstory wasn't fully explored until Dr. Afra annual number one in 2017. Uh, apparently, he was a pit fighter gladiator um, when a squad of Transdotians uh, went to Kashyyyk to enslave another combatant for the fighting pits. They weren't prepared when they found Chrysanthemum instead. The Wookiee had no intention of being captured. However, volunteered to go with them. The Zonti brothers trained Chrysanthemum in endurance and fighting without mercy as an investment in his future gladiatorial career. To give him an edge, the brothers cybernetically enhanced the Wookiee's body with subdermal, subdermal plating and exoendoskeleton enhancements, uh, turning him into a walking weapon and fought with a fury unmatched in the arena. So, um... Chrysanthemum apparently has a run-in with Ben Kenobi. In the early days of the Empire, Chrysanthemum worked for Jabba the Hutt. Jabba, furious by some, that some of his men had been defeated in the Desert Sands, uh, he hired the menacing Wookiee to find the culprit. The trail took him right to the home of Owen and Baru, Luke's aunt and uncle. Bounty hunter dragged Owen to a cannon, canyon nearby as Baru defended their home with a blaster in hand. There, Chrysanthemum came face-to-face with Ben Kenobi, 
who has sensed the disturbance in force. The infamous Wookiee bounty hunter, Kenobi said, I've heard of you. I know why you were forced to leave Kashyyyk and how you disgrace your people ever since. Um, Chrysanthemum overpowered the Ben Kenobi. At first, biting and swinging his massive arms, Kenobi struck back. A swing of his lightsaber carved a large scar over the Wookiee's eye. So that's where the scar comes from. Uh, Chrysanthemum overpowered Kenobi. Uh, I already said that. Um, Owen made it to safety, and both Kenobi and Chrysanthemum lived to fight another day. So I wonder if we may possibly see see that play out in the Kenobi series. Possibly. Even though it's already played out in the comics. They've done that before. Yeah. So, um, and that's pretty much it. I'm not going to go much further into the story. So what do you guys think? There's nothing new. I mean, um... I mean, it's cool to his with his backstory and stuff, but that's that's what we see in the show too. He's still fighting. He's still, yeah, yep, very much. I think it'd be cool though to see him in Obi Wan. Yeah, I think so. It'd be it'd be interesting to see him in Obi Wan. But would it be too much then? No, that well, that is it's like it is like everybody, but yeah, he's in uh, Boba Fett. The next episode, the next show. He's in uh, Obi Wan. The next show is he going to show up in Andor? Is he? You know what I mean? No, I don't. Right. I don't think we'll see him in Andor. But to see him in to see him in Kenobi makes sense. Yeah, it does. Because it it, it could tie into one of the reasons why Obi Wan is from a distance protecting the Lars family and Luke, despite Owen's um, objection to it. Yeah, I don't think we'll see Chrysanthemum because we have the. Um, we have the Inquisitors show, running around. We don't need Chrysanthemum there. Unless he shows up before. Unless he shows I'm up. not saying they're not going to do it. I say I don't think we need it. Quite possible. It's quite possible. And like you said, we we do run the risk of overexposure to the character as well. Right. So um, final thoughts, guys. Unless you guys got any other stories. I got nothing. I, yeah, I have nothing else this week. Final thoughts? Mm. I'm excited and uh, upset about celebration. Why is that? It sounds like it's gonna. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be awesome. We're gonna see all this new stuff, and I can't go. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Just yeah, like every year. I've been to three, and it's and it's hard when they come up and like I want to go, but I just don't have the funds to do it. They need to bring it back north again to well, Chicago I, or to Columbus or to Cleveland or to Boston, Orlando. Yeah, but what's in Boston? No one ever wants to go there. Hey, Orlando. Too much there. Hey, I know a guy. I don't know who'd want to go to the Midwest. <laughs> it's a lovely area. Anyway, <laughs> any other final thoughts, guys? Um, other than I'm getting excited about Obi Wan coming up. Uh, that's it. Oh, I do have mm-hmm. to say uh, condolences to the Chris Monkey family. Um, he is a gentleman I met at Celebration Five. Played Captain. Kirby, who was the the officer who was in charge of the scanning crew in A New Hope, and they scanned the Falcon. And he was also in uh, From Russia with Love, I believe, James Bond film. Yeah. Forgot, no, I don't remember which which one takes place around the submarine. Yeah. There's a couple, but um, I don't remember From Russia with Love had it, but um, I don't remember. Uh, give me a second. Spy who loved me. I'm sorry. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in the TV miniseries uh, Around the World in 80 Days, uh, the TV movie The Great Escape 2, The Untold Story, um, TV movie Roman Holiday, TV miniseries Hold the Dream. Uh, he was the announcer in Haunted Honeymoon. He was one of the committeemen in Daryl. Uh, he was in The Razor's Edge. Um, he was in Saturn 3. Uh, Spy Who Loved Me. Um, of course, in Star Wars A New Hope, which they don't have listed, but I know he was in, um, or he wouldn't have been at Celebration. And of course, one of the pictures they have of him on IMDb is his role in Star Wars A New Hope. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but he passed away last week. So, uh, mm-hmm. he, he was a good friend. It had been a while since I had talked to him, but uh, condolences to he and his family uh, for his uh, for the loss of Chris, definitely, we'll, we'll miss some of the stories. So, uh, anything else, guys? That's all I had. Nope. And there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! <laughs> <laughs>